I V M. Welcome to the first episode of Edges and Sledges, a live chat show weekly about cricket by the One Tip One Hand team. My name is Dhananjay Chuck. I am uh, a blogger at One Tip One Hand. I'm based in London. My co-bloggers are Varun Garg and Ashwin Garg, and I'll just ask them to introduce themselves. Yep. Thanks, Vijay. So my name is Varun. I'm based in Singapore, so it's night time here, um, and I'm in marketing. Uh, very passionate about cricket, and it's not a coincidence that. Uh, my last name is the same as Ashwin's last name. We are brothers. So with that, I'll uh, let him introduce himself. Thanks, guys. Um, so as you said, my name is Ashwin. I'm based in Toronto, so the other side of the world. Um, it's early morning here, 9 a.m. Um, I'm also a big cricket fan, in India supporter, Delhi Daredevil supporter, and um, based in Toronto, like I said. Uh, looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, and so the reason we thought uh, the three of us can do a chat show is we all went to school together. And uh, so went to the same school. We run the blog together, and uh, we thought there wasn't a kind of live podcast video chat between ordinary fans of Indian cricket and world cricket generally. So, I mean, hopefully you guys like it. Um, give us any feedback. Send in your comments. We'll try and answer them as quickly as possible. Um, so the idea today is to have uh, it's our first show. So um, we thought we'd talk about kind of three main things. Uh, India's just finished finished touring uh, South Africa. So we'll um, do a series wrap-up there. Uh, the second thing we were planning to do was to speak about the upcoming series um, in South Africa, uh, in in Udaha uh, series. And the third thing was the uh, return of Ben Stokes. So uh, without waiting much longer, uh, maybe we'll just go into the first of those topics, which is the series wrap-up for um, India versus South Africa. Okay, uh, let me start with that one, guys. So, I think uh, it ended last week. Um, I have to say it went much better than we expected. Um, let me let me talk a little bit about the Test, the ODIs, and the T20s. And what I'm going to do is I've, I've basically picked two players from each side uh, that I wanted to talk about in the Test, right? So, I think the Test started off really well. I think there's no doubt that if, um, if the boys weren't attending Virat, Virat's wedding and they had maybe gone for a warm-up game, uh, you never know. The, the the results may have been slightly different. But having said that, it's uh, it, it's okay. You only get married once, or in some cases twice. So um, so I think um, to be honest, uh, for me the standout performances for uh, South Africa in the Test series. And remember, they won two one. The standout performances for me were really um, Vernon Philander, right? I mean, 15 wickets at an average of 15. I think uh, he is a tremendous test bowler, and even though he's not uh, the number one in the world, um, to me, he was the standout performance. But the second performance for me, which really... comments about his weight really affected him. So some people made some comments about him not being fit enough to bowl in test cricket. So, do you think he's really worked hard on that? And, and is, is it one of the things that uh, that's improved his performance? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do think so. I think it has improved his performance. And there's no doubt to me that he was the number one bowler. So, so, well done to Philander. Um, and, and the second performance to me that really stood out, and to me, it's the one that changed the Test Series, was A.B. de Villiers. Um, I think A.B. de Villiers quickly realized that these pitches were not high-scoring pitches, and so a quick-fire 30, 40, 50 would actually change the game. Um, and, and what you'll see is that A.B. You know, scored only 211 runs, um, but, but at an average of 35, and the pace at which he scored, I think, turned the series around for South Africa. From India's perspective, 
no doubt Kohli, uh, big standout performance, 286 runs with that one huge innings. Um, but the guy again to me um, was Bhuvaneshwar Kumar, right? He he picked up seven wickets, but remember he was rested in the middle game. I think that could have changed a lot. And um, and and yeah, I think his batting was, if I if I'm not mistaken, he was probably the second best batsman after Kohli uh, for the entire Test series. So I think these were the four standout performances. Two one, I think India did well, but I think uh, scope for improvement, especially because you, we know from history that India takes a while to warm up in uh, foreign conditions. So so that was the Test series. Um, maybe I'll ask Ashwin if he wants to do the. ODI, quick wrap-up. Yeah, I, I can jump in really quickly. I just want to make sure um, for if anybody is tuned in live, they can see us and it's working okay because I'm getting some messages uh, that people are not able to see. But on my end, um, on my end, it seems to be working okay. So if anybody is live, um, please just send us uh, a message or a comment on the live video. Um, if you're struggling, just go to our web page uh, or Facebook page, facebook.com slash one tip one hand or one tip one hand a cricket blog. And it should be the first video there that says we are live now. Just click watch live and hopefully you'll see it. But if you're hearing me, you're seeing it. Um, I'm going to pop up a graphic on the screen very quickly that just um, supports what you said. So um, what this shows is from a test series standpoint, I think Kohli um, really stood out. I think the one that the one player you didn't mention was, was Mohammad Shami. So he picked up 15 wickets at an average of 17. Um, you know, the most wickets for India, more than he had, or tied with Philander. Uh, and I think he's somebody that doesn't always get uh, his share of credit. So it's an interesting uh, dynamic that's going to develop, which we can talk more uh, in future discussions. But on who, you know, in the world of Bhuvi and Bumrah dominating, who uh, you know, where's the what? What role does Shami play? Does he play a role? Uh, I yeah. actually thought that Shami picked up quite a lot of cheap wickets. He was really bad in most of the first innings, where you want your your premier fast bowler, which is what he is. He's leading the attack, right? And he was he looked. I don't know. He didn't look interested for long periods in the in the first innings of games, and then there would be a time in the second innings where he would just kind of come to life and take four or five wickets and sort of justify his place in the team for the next game. So, I don't know. I actually thought we should probably play Deshant, a tall kind of hit-the-deck bowler um, in some of the games. I don't know. Uh, thoughts, guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it's fair. I think the choice to play Shami, you know, credit where it's due in the second innings of the first test match, for example, he really brought it back for us. So I think the problem with Shami was less with skill and talent, more with the, the approach and the attitude. And in a, a world of Virat Kohli's intent and need to focus on, on delivering and uh, really, really playing with intent, I think Shami lacked that. So yes, if you, you know, if I pop, go back to the graphic and pop up, Shami was India's highest wicket taker in the tests. But 100% agree with you. I think he was lacking in intent and maybe we could have uh, given Ishant an extra opportunity. Um, I'll use that to just pivot to the ODIs. Obviously, fantastic result for India. 5-1. Um, nobody expected that going in. Uh, transparently, it could have probably been 6-0. That the, the fourth game after we went in 3-0 should have been closer than it was. But I mean, again, standout player um, with the bat was Virat Kohli. No questions asked. Average of 186. He picked up 558 runs in the, in the ODI series. I, you know, for perspective, the highest run scorer for South Africa was Amla, who made 154. So more than 400 runs fewer than Kohli made. So no question about that. I also thought 
uh, credit where it's due to Dhawan, uh, who stood out, had a had a good um, series at the top of the uh, at the top of the order, and I think you know he's proving that he can bat abroad and he can he can lead the uh, batting order at from the top when he uh, when he's playing outside India too. So really credit there. I think with the ball uh, for India, this came down to the spin twins, right? Kuldeep picked up 17 wickets. Chahal picked up 16. Uh, you know, one they had one bad match, which was the fourth match with South Africa won. But no questions asked. They were the, the difference um, between the two sides in this match, uh, in this series. Uh, and I mean, I think India has, you know, a, a great backup in Ashwin and Jadeja. But the fact that pl- players of the caliber of Ashwin and Jadeja are considered backups um, is just very telling of how well the tourist spinners Kuldeep and Chahil did. To me, from a South Africa standpoint, nobody really stood out with the ball. I think Ingidi had a better series in the limited overs format than he did um, in the tests. But, uh, you know, overall pretty average with the ball and it shows in the 5-1 result. Anything to add, guys? Um Nothing really. I mean, I think Kohli's 100 in the first game was was fantastic. Um, he scored a... It was a difficult track, I think, on Durban. And we were chasing a decent score. Um, and then he followed that up with 160. For me, Kohli was obviously the standout in the uh, one-dayers. But the question is quite interesting. Are we going to be playing these wrist spinners in England? Where it, it, might, the, it might get wet, the ball. It, it might be difficult to grip. And you found that when... Um, for example, in jo- Joburg, um, it had rained. That's the game that we lost because the wrist spinners weren't as effective. And you see, when you come to England, it rains here all the time. In fact, it's raining just now, uh, grey and gloomy. So um, it's an interesting question whether you want kind of Ashwin and Jadeja, who've done well for India in the past, in um, in in those conditions where. It's rained. If you remember the Champions Trophy final in 2013, it was the two wrist spinners that did really well. They got us all the wickets. Where they did badly was on a flat deck on a hot day against Pakistan in the Champions Trophy final in 2017. So, I think it will have to be a horses for courses kind of situation. If rain is forecast, I think the wrist spinners will they have a role to play. Whereas, and I mean, all of this is geared towards the World Cup for us, I think, at the end of it. Um, so that those are kind of my thoughts. I think we we said they will play every game, or Ashwin and Jadeja will be left out of every game. I think it will. Kohli will have to make a conscious decision to play his spinners at um, depending on what the conditions are going to be looking like. Yes, it is. It, it leads to uncertainty in the team, but I mean, we saw what happened when the wrist spinners uh, when the ball was wet with the wrist spinners and they couldn't control it. Yeah. So let me let me take the T20s. Uh, because uh, that's what I'm quite passionate about. And I think the performance that stood out for me was uh, the last game, the man of the match. I think uh, there was intent, there was content, and there was talent. Uh, right from ball number one, where, where Suresh Raina came and hit a six. So, yeah, I won't spend too much time talking about Raina, but I think the T20s were interesting. I think T20s put both teams uh, on a pretty much even platform, especially after the 5-1 ODI. And that's just the nature of the game. Um, yeah. I do want to... So, Raina was one call-out for me. And I think we'll see a lot more of him in, in the next tournament, which starts on Tuesday. And uh, we'll talk about that next. But I do want to make a point about one guy, uh, Klassen. I think he was fantastic. I think DJ and I saw him live at the Pink ODI. And both of us were stunned when we saw him hitting. Um, he changed the game more than David, David Miller, for, for, for at least from my perspective. Um, but Klassen, I think the interesting debate will be 
um, on 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 why is it? Yeah, do you think do you think he will replace Decock, or do you think he'll come in as a second batsman, non wicket keeper? Because in T20s he's just that good. So I think that's that's a question. I don't know if you guys have any uh, response to that. Yeah, I mean, I can jump in with a quick response. I, I I mentioned when we attempted this the first time around when the te- technology failed us, but I said, for me, Decock is a test batsman. And I mean, it's now midway through the final session of the South Africa-Australia tests. Not to derail, but South Africa are chasing, we're chasing 400 plus runs and Decock is on 56 of 75 looking really solid. So it just backs my belief up that Decock has justified and earned his place in the test side. He really has done so in the limited oversight too. Um, you know, longer term, as they, they do they keep giving class in an attempt and then seeing if he deserves a place as a specialist batsman. I mean, re, re, the reality is their top order with the bat has been fairly poor in the series against India. And so they would be looking for new depth. But I mean, broad, more broadly, if I was a South Africa fan, having most sides, including India and tests, struggle to have a keeper who can contribute with the bat. To have two that could be perceived full-time batsmen and full-time keepers is outstanding for them. Well, I think, I think overall, India did exceed our expectations. Would that be a fair statement to make? Uh, guys, I, I mean, I think so. I think uh, nobody expected the the net result to be eight to four out of twelve matches. You know, the purists, some purists will say the the one that mattered most to the tests where we came up short. But I think the learning for the team and the board in the future is very clear. Like, get some match practice, get some more time locally before hopefully we go to England. We'll do the same thing. And and clearly, this this group of players has the ability to succeed. And we were we were in with a chance in all three test matches as well. So yeah, it wasn't absolutely. like we were completely outplayed, bowled out for less than a hundred. I mean, we competed in every game, which I think I think it just shows how much how far this team has come from the days when we started watching Test cricket in South Africa. India would get bowled out for sixty six and a hundred in Durban, and I mean we were always on the ropes, basically trying to um, kind of just stay in the game more than actually try and win a Test match. So I, I think I think we've come a, a, a long way. I think last question to wrap up the India-South Africa. What do you guys think about Dhoni shouting at Manish Pandey? Where where did that come from? Uh, that is that one of the comments that? Um, yeah, somebody's sending that in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that that's coming. I yeah. think it's good. I think I think it shows he's still invested. I think it, it, there's still a passion. Yes, Captain Cool is. Uh, he is he is after all, the captain that's won us a World Cup, a T20 World Cup or whatever world T20 that is called now, and a champion's trophy. He's taken us to number one in test. He's 36. He has nothing to prove to anyone anymore. I mean, he could have retired after hitting that six in the 2011 World Cup, right? But he's still there. He's still working on his fitness. He's quicker than, he's quicker than Pandya. <laughs> but where did that come from? Is it because they don't like Manish Pandya or is it something that Dhoni is just passionate about? <laughs> I think it's Dhoni's passion. He's, he's, he's just... He, it's just in him. I mean, yes, we think of him as this cool, calm character, but I mean, he's not. He's come from nowhere. He's captained our team. He's captained characters like Tendulkar, Ganguly, Dravid. Well, he's he's not what he portrays himself as. At the end of the day, he's a street fighter, right? And it came out. It just comes out, and it's rare, but it has. Yeah, I, I would. I just build on that. I think that it's also a little bit to do with the 
the culture shift under Kohli, right? Where, you know, high energy being a little crude is okay. I, I, I cannot imagine Dhoni having said that to a Dravid or a Tendulkar. Fine, there's a hierarchy or a power struggle. But I think under Kohli, you're being celebrated and rewarded for passion. And if that manifests itself as shouting or, you know, over aggressively celebrating a wicket or whatever it is, that's okay because the results are following. And so I think I think that's part of the culture shift that has driven to some success. A lot of people will disagree saying it's not in the spirit of the game and things, but I think, you know, you can't behave like that if you don't have results to back it. As long as these guys are continuing to deliver the results, if if the passion and high energy enables it, then then so be it. True. It was surprising, though. What? Very surprising. Very unexpected. The last. Sorry, guys. I know we said last thing. The the one the one player we haven't spoken too much about from the South Africa series that I want to make sure gets a shout out is Jaspreet Bumrah. Um, came into the test matches unexpectedly. Lot you know. Forever we've thought about Bhuvi and then Ishant and Umesh and Shami as the four quick bowlers. But this, I mean, he's what 21, I think. He came in, brought so much. Uh, calm demeanor and the ability to hit the block hole when he needed to. He had an aggressive bouncer. Uh, he picked up, I want to say, about 14, 13, 14 wickets in the tests. Um, or sorry, he picked up eight wickets in the test. He picked up 14, 15 wickets in the ODIs, right? And then he didn't really play two of the T20s. But uh, outstanding performance from him, I think. Very excited to have a 21-year-old quick who maybe has 10, 15 years of his, 10, 12 years of his career left. Um, I thought he did a great job. I think he'll be a force to continue to be a force to reckon with for Mumbai in the IPL and then India in the England series. I'm sorry, just to keep with the theme of the last question. <laughs> do you think his test career is going to affect his one-day bowling? Because you can see that with Shami, when he started off, he was a one. Uh, he, it was a, he was a, he did well in one days, and then uh, he lost his zing in test because his length was different. Because he was pitching it up more, he it was more in the block hole. Bumrah's his yorker is amazing, right? But with a te- in a test match scenario, you pull your length back a little bit to try and get the edge and nick off in the slips and all of that. So do you think that that might play a role in? Oh, is he good enough to adjust to different formats? Do you want to take that? I, yeah, yeah I, I think I think uh, he's still young, so I think for the first one or two years, I think it'll be okay. Um, but after that, I do think I, I do think I mean we there's nothing that proves otherwise, right? From history and and other bowlers that we've seen, so I think it will affect him. Again, I'm just hoping that it doesn't play a big part leading up to June 2019. Uh, but I think I think he's got the skill, so I think it should be okay. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's going to be a learning curve, but he'll get it. So, are we good with that uh, to pivot to the next topic? I think so. Yeah. Uh, so, the next topic is um, the upcoming Nidaha series. Um, it's India, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh. So, guys, do you want to give um, our viewers and listeners a little bit of background on what 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 the what what it's going to look like, what the format of the tournament is, and um, basically just do a kind of series preview? I think. Yeah, so the I can take this one. The series kicks off Tuesday, March 6th um, at 7 p.m. in Sri Lanka, um, which is 7 p.m. India time as well. Um, there's six matches, so three three teams. Each team plays each other team twice. All the games will be in Colombo. And then there's, you know, the, the two teams with the most points at the end of six group games make the finals. Um, uh, this series is a little bit polarizing. I'm personally not thrilled with the fact that it's happening um you know it seemed they're celebrating i believe sri lanka's 70th year of independence but i think you know it's in this in the 
cricket calendar that is already so busy and people are talking about taking taking forcing rests and you know really needing to um to squeeze this this in felt a little bit unnecessary till almost a few weeks ago they didn't know if they wanted to do an odi series or a t20i series they'd settled on a t20i series so it'll be six t20s um so it'll be india versus sri lanka india sri lanka is the opening match and um on monday on tuesday again the sixth and then rotating between sri lanka india and bangladesh um i'll pop up the squad in just um a few minutes the india squad in a few minutes but a couple things a couple other things that you know mean this series won't be as exciting as it could have been potentially from bangladesh shakib is missing out on the on the series from sri lanka angelo matthews is missing out and then from india obviously they've chosen to rest kohli dhoni the two quicks bhuvi and bumra and kuldeep so five massive changes to the squad um i'm going to pop up the graphic of the squad really quickly so we so we can talk i'll give my thoughts first so you'll see the um in yellow are the the additions and then the five players we've rested so i mean the the first uh, 10 players pretty consistent the five additions that are interesting for me um are so just to go through them deepak huda washington sundar vijay shankar mohammad siraj and then rishabh pant um as backup keeper uh i'll let you guys jump in any thoughts on these five players these five, the the added players or um the squad in general yeah i mean for me i really really want to see rishabh pant play like um i understand Kart- dinesh kartik will probably play in the 11 but i'm really hoping the team uh picks pant i think he's the big hitter and i think he deserves a shot so i'm excited about that um i'm excited about washington sundar i think he's shown a lot of promise as well um so he'll be a good addition deepak huda i've heard is a, a big hitter um we have seen him in the ipl but he hasn't had like a standout performance for me so i i really doubt in my opinion he won't get a game and um vijay shankar yeah i really first time i'm hearing his name so i really don't know much about him i think he's been groomed as a backup to hardik pandya uh, so he's a he's an all-rounder and he's been groomed for backup to uh, to pandya but i mean washington sundar he's the guy with the uh, paul adams action right no 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 that is that that's another guy washington sundar is the guy who played for pune the 19 year old who opened the bowling uh, tall guy simple action okay okay maybe i'm getting my uh, my cricketers confused but um he's i right arm off spin and lefty with the bat okay interesting interesting so um i think this is a chance for basically uh, all these players to warm up for the ipl right isn't that the whole idea of being a, doing a t20 tri series between these teams which i mean I'm sorry but Sri Lanka and Bangladesh even Bangladesh without Shakib and Sri Lanka with without Angelo this is I mean they could be playing the they could be playing as two different teams in the IPL and um just be glad they're playing T20s and not ODIs. I think so otherwise watching 50 overs of that would be fairly painful I think yeah uh, but, but we were watching it of course since we can't get enough of cricket right I sense we'll all be watching it. We'll do a, another follow-up on this next week. The the two players, just to echo, I think I'm excited about Pant as well. But the two guys I want to, I think, I have are exciting potential for India in the future. The first is Sundar Washington Sundar, who we talked about, is apparently um, pretty skilled with the bat, and that could be, you know, he he averages over 30 with the bat um, and bowls off spin. I think having been fans when we had um batsmen like sachin and sehwag who could bat at the top of the order and contribute 5 4 5 overs in an odi 
we none of our none of india's top 7 um can spin the ball nobody bowls an over pandya's number 7 he's a quick so i think sundar can potentially fill that niche of in a series like england as an example he can bat at the top and provide a few overs of spin, which means you don't need to select two specialist spinners. You can have three specialist quicks, one spinner, and then a Sundar to pitch in a few overs. So uh, it provides an interesting balance. And then I think similarly on Vijay Shankar, I also don't know too much about him, um, but also supposed to be a handy all-rounder. He's medium pace, so he's going to be competing with somebody like a Pandya for the, uh, the spot in the 11. I'm just personally excited about him because he was picked up by Delhi Daredevils this year. And so if he can perform in Sri Lanka, it means he might find his way into the 11 for Delhi in the IPL. And what about the big players from kind of Sri Lanka side? I guess Dikwala will be um, prize wicket. Um who else have they, have they kind of... I, I think uh, Chandimal's playing. Yeah, I, be, uh, I believe Matthews is the only one from a, a Sri Lanka standpoint who missed out. So Chandimal is playing, Lakmal will be vice-captain. Look, I think, I mean, we've struggled in the past to play players like Akhila Dhananjaya. Um, you know, Jeevan Mendes is getting old now, but has had his fair share of success against India over the years. The wild card is always Tisara Pereira. He's up and down, can hit some huge sixes and pick up junk wickets uh, if he's doing well. But if he's on and having an off day, I mean, he can be uh, he can be a huge uh, detriment to the Sri Lankan side. So they're, they're playing close to full strength, I'd say, other than Matthews. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this uh, Indian side does does against them. Varun, any further thoughts? Uh, no, we... I think looking, I think looking forward, I think you'll have a good mix of the big names and the new guys. So, um, yeah, let's be positive. It might be a fun series. Yeah, I'm looking forward to actually watching Rahul play. Um, yeah. He hasn't played regularly uh, of late, and I mean, he's one player I think that's really going to be key for India, kind of in the next decade or so. Because if he can stay fit, um, he's got all the shots. Um, we've seen him play for RCB. You've seen him score 199 in a test match. He's got a one-day 100. So, I mean, he's, he's he's a player, I think, that if he stays fit, is, is going to be one for the future. So, I, I quite like watching him with that, personally. So, um, okay. Uh, just to move on to the next topic, guys. Uh, so, that's the kind of India series just done, the um, India series coming up. Um, but what else has been going on in the world of cricket? Uh, ben Stokes has made a return to the fold. Um so, England are playing New Zealand in a five-match one-day series um, down well, down in New Zealand. Um, and Stokes has come back. Um, Ashwin will just be uh, loading up a graphic showing his return since he's come back. And I think it's fair to say that he has made an impact um, coming back into the, into the ODI team. Um, most of you will know that um, he, was, well, he was dropped from the Ashes squad after having a alleged um, bust up in a, a pub. Um, he, he was charged with AFRI recently by the, uh, the, by the Crown Prosecution Service. He's pleaded uh, not guilty. The trial will be in summer. In the meantime, he went to Canterbury, played uh, a little bit in New Zealand, um, and now he's, um, he's, he's back in the England team. Uh, the first day, the first game came back, scored 12, uh, got two for 43. The second ODI, uh, England lost that. Second ODI, he took two for 42, had two run outs, and then scored 63 not out with the bat. 
he also took home the Man of the Match award, and apparently he was quite emotional while while walking off the field, which I didn't quite understand. Um, but he thought he'd be emotional coming onto the field, back onto it, but fine. Uh, third ODI again, he scored 39 very slowly, 73 balls, and uh, bowled four, uh, six overs for 27, no wickets. But what he did do was take a superb left-handed um, catch to kind of uh, turn the tide in favour of England. So, I mean, he's a big impact player. He's someone that England, I think, have really missed in the last, um, what is it, four, six months. The Ashes definitely were poorer without him. But he's back, um, subject, of course, to what happens at his trial. Um, so, guys, thoughts, views on how big you think uh, either Stokes's presence or absence will be in the future for England. Yeah, agree. I think um, I think you covered all the points. I just think yeah, he's a big he's a big match player. Uh, England need him, and um, yeah, and I think it'll be great to see him in the IPL as well because he did well last year. Um, and, and Ben Stokes is becoming a big name, so no doubt England is better with him. I think um, England is playing aggressive cricket. They're two one up in the series. Moin Ali finally, after I think three months, has done something. Um, poor guy, I mean, he's got a lot of talent, but uh, this this last two months has just been atrocious for him. So so yeah, I think England England plays uh, aggressive cricket, so that's good. Um, yeah, Ashwin, I don't know if you have any other comments. No, I, I just agree. Stokes is the impact player. I think you know I would rate having watched some of the uh, England New Zealand ODIs because they're a good time zone for me. Um, I, I would rate. England is probably one of the top two or three ODI sides right now, you know, right up there with India. So I think the sum, the series this summer from an ODI standpoint is going to be fantastic and looking forward to it. Stokes, for reference, was picked up by uh, Rajasthan Royals for this year's IPL. So he'll be playing under Steve Smith, which will be very interesting to see, uh, um, uh, you know, but I'm looking forward to it. And uh, just, just, to, uh, just for the listeners who are interested in the legal side of things, and uh, in keeping in mind the World Cup is um, just over a year away, if he is found guilty, uh, the maximum sentence for Afre is two years for a single offence. So um, he might, if uh, hopefully, well, I don't want to say anything because it's obviously a, a ongoing case, but as a cricket lover, one would hope that Stokes is on the path for the World Cup because the World Cup would be poorer without him. But we'll just have to see how that unfolds, I guess. Um, anyway, um, I think that kind of wraps up the Ben Stokes topic. Um, were there other things that uh, we had? There was uh, there's some World Cup qualifiers ongoing, warm-up matches ongoing. Um, so, guys, any any news from that? So, just quickly from the warm-up matches, I think the highlight was watching West Indies. Um, pretty poor. In both the warm-up matches, they've lost one, they won one. Uh, the actual World Cup qualifiers have started today, so they're in uh, happening in Zimbabwe. They're on now. Scotland has just beaten Afghanistan. Disappointing because Afghanistan put up 255, but you know Scotland won by seven wickets, so great knock. I think Zimbabwe is on course to beat Nepal. So Nepal had, uh, you know, uh, sorry, Zimbabwe smashed 380 for six with two centurions in their 50 overs. Um, Nepal is chasing, but looks like they're going to come up short. Uh, and then lots of other excitement happening through the qualifiers. So, you know, 
lots of different sports. The FIFA World Cup, the qualifiers are a huge deal. You know, I personally don't love how the ICC has uh, chosen not to live stream or not to make a bigger deal out of these qualifiers. But as we try to make the sport more global and expand it, I think qualifiers and associate cricket needs to become a bigger deal. So looking forward to that. Keep that uh, part of cricket continuing to grow. And Rashid Khan is captain of Afghanistan now, so mm. that's uh, that's a big deal for him. At nineteen, he is at nineteen, one of the youngest captains, if not uh, the youngest captain. But unfortunately, didn't have a a good outing with the ball today against uh, Scotland. If I just look at it, he was he bowled nine overs with one for sixty-eight. So very uncharacteristic. Uh, got smashed all around the park. Yeah. So that and the West Indies, of course, the. Uh, Winners of the first two World Cups now struggling to qualify for the World Cup. I mean, how would you feel if you're kind of Clive Lloyd or Viv Richards or one of the gen- or Michael Holding even? I mean, one of the greats of the game who who dominated a sport like no one else. Watch your team just just disintegrate. It must be horrendous. It's um, yeah. It's uh, Jason Holder has said that um, it's time for his team to w- win a World Cup again, but. I mean, they've got to qualify for it first. Yeah. It's um, you've got the universe boss out there, so hopefully he can uh, he can hit a few into the stands. Well, yeah, it is uh, it's just reflective of a a sad state of West Indian cricket, and we I mean, as a cricket lover, you'd hope that they they make it back into the fold soon. Okay, so I think um, I think that yeah, we're we're coming up to about thirty plus minutes. So I think that wraps it up for us. I just want to make one point. I just want to say that for anyone who's live or anyone who sees this uh, in the next half an hour, one hour, South Africa and Australia are giving us a classic game. Uh, South Africa is chasing 417. They're 254 for five. Markram has hit a century. Decock is on his way to 70. Um, or he's on 64 right now. I think it's going to be a cracker. Um, you know, Leon has not picked up a wicket yet in the fourth innings. So, so guys, if if anyone ha- is is watching this, log on now, and I think uh, I think it'll be a great game. But um, yeah, from our perspective, we we do want to do this show every Sunday at the same time. Uh, do give us your support, give us your feedback, and um, and yeah, we do want to keep this at a weekly time so that it so you know you guys can remember that 7:30 p.m. India time we are, we will be logging on um, next Sunday. So look forward to chatting with everyone there. So before, just quickly before we wrap up, we have one. Uh, sorry, we have one listener question uh, came in from Shrey. We'd like we'll try to wrap up every episode with some listener questions. So the the question from Shrey Mathur was: With growing fatigue from repeated India-Sri Lanka matchups, what are your thoughts on the BCCI scheduling India to host some of the traditional minnows such as Afghanistan, Netherlands, to give them the spotlight and grow the game? So guys, thoughts? Yeah. So I think it's fantastic. In fact. I'm so excited that the BCCI is doing that. I'm trying to convince one of my friends to uh, come with me in June to watch the game in, versus Afghanistan in Bangalore. Uh, granted, we may, we may not take day three or day four tickets, just to be safe, but day one and two should be fun. Uh, but but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's a great opportunity. So, so kudos to the BCCI. Yeah, and I mean, um, teams like... Um Teams like Afghanistan, Scotland, Ireland, even the Netherlands, they, there, there is a growing kind of um, community of cricket cricketers and cricket cricket lovers over there. And it is something that with the BCCI's power, they really need to... I mean, the sport can only get better by spreading further. In business terms, you want to grow the pot, right? You don't want, you don't want to keep it 
yes, there, there's an element of wanting to maintain a monopoly and control, but at the end of the day, everyone benefits with increased competition, with increased kind of uh, globalization of the game. I mean, look at football. The qualifiers, people watch the qualifiers. And at the end of the day, the BCCI, yes, it's, it's acting in its own interests, and uh, no one can blame them for that. I mean, of course, they're the most powerful board in the world. But it's, uh, it's something they should look into in, in terms of even winning friends at the ICC level uh, with Afghanistan, with, with Ireland. And we are obviously, uh, Varun's going to be reporting live from the India-Afghanistan game. When, uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be fascinating to watch, watching Kohli play Rashid Khan in, in a test match. I mean, it, it, it will be interesting. But yeah, so guys, please do follow, um, click follow so that you, you're notified when we, we come on live next time. Uh, give us your feedback, as, as Varun said. Uh, your support is obviously appreciated. Let, let us know what you think about it. If we can do something better. If uh, you can't hear us, let us know. Uh, if you think we can do some, if, if we're doing something well, obviously very happy to hear that as well. Um, but uh, I think that's all from us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next week. Yep. Sounds good. Sounds Thanks, good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Shwetananda, and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Baman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On The Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, Blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya, and on our show, Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from.